beginning a brand new series on all of our campuses entitled The Blessings of Abraham. The Blessings of Abraham. How many want the blessings of God upon your lives? Can you say amen? I just want the blessings of God. I want everything that he has for me, and I want you to walk in everything he has for you. This series, and uh, whenever I utilize my daughter as a sermon illustration, I have to buy her new shoes or pants or what. I don't know what I need to buy my son, but this message literally came from a blessing that I spoke over Ryan on his 13th birthday. Let me set the scene. We uh, were camping out in the desert just outside of Phoenix, Arizona, around a campfire. Sparks were just, it was just beautiful. And I had invited uh, three of my friends. One was uh, very successful in business and had tremendous leadership skill. Another one had crazy, amazing faith. And uh, the other one, he was just a, a, just a, a jovial, funny, everyone loved him type of person. And I gave them all a portfolio. I want you to, to write a letter to my son, and I want you to speak over his life, not in two arenas, but in where you are strong and the strength that you walk in. And uh, I gave Ryan a, my 410 shotgun, and uh, I posted that on Facebook, and someone said, is anyone getting a shotgun today? No, no, unless Ryan wants to give it up, but uh, hopefully he'll give that to Brighton one day. But this sermon series literally came from that moment. And obviously, we put a lot more meat on it, things along those lines. But I, I want to talk to you today about the blessings of Abraham. And there are three arenas we're going to be talking about over the course of the next three weeks. We're going to be talking about elevation, possession, and dominion. God wants to bless you with elevation, possession, and dominion. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, and we'll begin reading in verse 13, and it will be up on the screens as well. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Who has redeemed us from the curse of the law? The Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say a good amen? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's the cross. And then we have this one word that is sandwiched between these amazing scriptures in verse 14, that... The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, would you just take the next, oh, 30 minutes, and I pray that our hearts would be open. Lord, I thank you for this message. I thank you for what you, you just stirred in my heart many, many years ago that I spoke over my son. And, Father, it's being spoken over the people who worship at Christian Faith Center on all of our campuses. God, would you mark us deeper and even more clearly through your blood, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you about the blessings of Abraham. And, and I want to read verse 13 again. The Bible says, Christ, it's Christ that has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Now, now that's the cross, the cross is not a popular public or subject in the church anymore today for some reason. But how many know the cross is central in Christianity? There can be no salvation without the shed blood that happened on the cross of Christ 2,000 years ago. Can you say a good amen? 
So we believe in the cross. We thank God that he, he sent his son to die that we might live. The cross is a central theme of scripture. The cross is the redeemer redeeming. The cross, Jesus Christ died that we might live. The cross, think with me, he was rejected that we might be accepted. The cross is a place where we see our sin collide with God's grace. And is there anyone in the house you are grateful that God's grace is stronger than our sin? Can you scream amen? Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm uh, reminded of a story uh, that happened May 10th, 1869, the Transcontinental Railroad, which connected the East Coast to the West Coast of America, was completed. To celebrate this great accomplishment, a gold spike was driven into the last tie in Utah. And listen, as the final hammer blow sounded, a large crowd of spectators cheered. And it was a great day in American history. But I want you to know that an infinitely greater day occurred when spikes were driven into the hands and the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ on a hill called Calvary. These were not gold, but they were old, rusty, iron spikes. One day, the crowds cheered. The other day, people were set free. If you are set free and you love the Lord with all of your heart, can we just stand to our feet and can we just put our hands together and can we just thank the Lord for his salvation? He died that we might live. Our sin has been taken care of. Our shame is in the past in Jesus' name. Come on, let's put our hands together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's a, a word that's very interesting. It's two verses so powerful, so profound, and it's found in verse 14, that, and here it is, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So now I'd like for you to please go in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis chapter 14, if you would. Genesis chapter 14. Let's, let's look at this today. The Bible says in verse 18, Then Melchizedek, now we're going to talk about this, this man. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. You're going to love today's teaching. Brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. Literal translation is El Elyon, God Most High. High. How many recognize he is higher than anything or anyone? Can you say amen? So, so Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he, is, and he gave him a tenth or a tithe of all. So in this rich scripture, we see elevation, possession, and dominion. So let's talk just a little bit about this last little phrase, and he gave him a tithe of all. Uh, it's interesting that Abraham uh, gave a tenth of all of his goods to Melchizedek. Um, and he entered into a covenant. And the Bible said that they had communion, bread 
and wine. And I want to let you know that there's something powerful when a believer will honor the word of God and give back a tenth of what God has given to them. Isn't it interesting? God gives us 100% and he only asks 10. And most of us, we give the 10%. And a lot of us give a lot more than 10% through tithes and offerings. Can I just take just a moment? And can I brag on you just for a moment? We, you, you saw... Pastor Dana Metcalf, he and Bridget are going to be here Wednesday night. You heard about Oceans Church. You heard about the missionaries we support. We reach people locally, and we reach people globally. But it's steps of faith. It's lining up with the Word of God, the seed in your hand as you sow it into the fertile soil of Christian Faith Center, and it is dispersed both locally and globally. Lives are changed, and miracles happen. You are one of the most giving churches in all of America. Do you know I'm told almost 40% of us tithe. Average church, about 3 to 7%. And it's your sacrificial giving that enabled us. Do you know that you gave, I think we're up to about $24,000, $25,000 that have been given to reach Boise and Ada County for the glory of God. Can you just put your hands together as an expression of gratitude, generosity? Thank you, Lord. I'm thinking of the steps of faith and the financial sowing that, that we sowed seed into Northern California, 600 miles away. We just had faith. We had vision. And we knew God wanted to reach that region. And we just sacrificially gave. We bought a building. And, and now every single Sunday in multiple services, people are being led to Jesus Christ on our Oroville campus. I'm thinking of Caldwell. When I stood before you, I believe God wants us to reach Caldwell for the glory of God. And you just supported your loyalty and your faith, and your giving. And we went into Caldwell, Idaho, and God blessed us with a building. He said, here's a check for $540,000. We bought a building that was worth $880,000, and we own it free and clear. Can we just say thank you, Jesus? Come on. And now God is calling us into Boise, Idaho. I was a little bit late to the prayer meeting last Thursday night. I was in the hospital. Some dear friends of ours, she had a stroke, and praise the Lord, she's out of the hospital today. So Kelly and I got there about 7.30, 7.40, and I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know if anyone was going to be there. I figured half of our staff would be there, though. And I, I walked into that big old, you know, garage door. It's just the coolest building. And there was almost 90 people, some laying on their face before the Lord. And what you need to know is that that building burned. I mean, it smells horrible. There's, there's ashes on the concrete, I mean, and people are laying in the presence of God, just, cronk, just, just calling out on the name of the Lord. People are having those markies, those, those sharpies, rather, and they're writing their scriptures and writing prayer requests and the names of their loved ones that they believe God is going to change and say. They're writing on the, the block walls. I walked into that. I'm going, Lord, thank you. But that happens as God impresses upon a people people to, to get out of the boat, not to have everything figured out. Just take that first step. And as you take that first step, God will part the waters. God will open doors. And you take another step and another step and another step. And people's lives are changed for forever. Can you say a good amen? Do you know God gave us a building in, in Caldwell? We've had two people prophesy that God's going to raise up a businessman or a businesswoman and it's going to pay off our, our Boise building off too. How many just want to receive that? Can you say amen? God is good. Remember the scripture that God gave us in January, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Call upon me and I will answer you 
and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But another translation reads like this. Call upon me, and I will answer you, and I will show you things that you could never figure out on your own. How many recognize it's not about figuring things out. It's about getting out of the boat and walking in faith. Can you say a good amen? The blessings of Abraham, elevation. So Melchizedek, the Bible says, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was a high priest of most high God. That is El Elyon, most high God. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God, most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and and blessed, the, blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands, and he gave him a tenth of all. So let's talk just a little bit about this. It's very interesting that Melchizedek represents the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Would you please keep your, your finger there in Genesis? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, and I'd like to begin reading in verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Now, now, now listen, this is a, uh, this is a, a theophany, uh, 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 manifestation of the Lord himself, Melchizedek, sound a little bit familiar? Look at verse 3. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. How many recognize we have a high priest? His name is Jesus, and he forever lives to make intercession for us. Can you say a good amen? I don't know about you. Have you ever been around someone who really knew how to pray? I mean, it just seems like, and it's not just this bold, loud voice. Sometimes it's a grandma on her knees crying out on behalf of her children, her grandchildren. But somebody who just knew, seemed to know how to move the heart of God. Man, the Bible said that Jesus, he died, buried, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of God. Listen, who forever lives to make intercession for us. Aren't you grateful that what you are going through right now, Jesus is praying over? The Bible said that he, know, he has need of what we have, or he, ha, he knows what we have need of before we even ask. So before we even know there's a problem, Jesus is already praying. Can you say amen? So... Don't ever fear tomorrow because when you wake up, the Lord will be here and he'll be there and he is making intercession for you. So Melchizedek, uh, Jesus walked the face of the earth in the New Testament. We, we read about that. He opened blind eyes, deaf ears, raised the dead, cast out devils. And how many recognize he's still doing that today? Can you say amen? How many have ever experienced a powerful miracle from God? Let me see your hands. How many know he's still walking today. But in the Old Testament, it was called a theophany. And that's what this, this Melchizedek, it was the Lord himself. So uh, let's talk just a little bit more about this covenant. So number two, would you write this down? Abraham makes a covenant with the Lord. And Melchizedek brings out uh, to Abraham bread and wine. Now what you need to understand is bread and wine are always symbolic of a covenant meal. 
At Christian Faith Center, we have communion on the fourth Sunday of every month. I know a people, several people after the first service told me, I have communion every single day. And that's cool. Whatever you feel led of the Lord, you, you, you be obedient to that. But there's something so significant and powerful that Melchizedek brought out bread and wine to Abraham and entered into a covenant. There's something significant about that. Now, at Christian Faith Center, we, we do it through a, a little cracker and a, a cup of juice. But I'll never forget when I, uh, Kelly and I first got married, and this has been 35, 36 years ago, and I go back to work for my father. Have you ever heard of Point Arena, California? Anyone ever heard of Point Arena? My dad said, son, I I got a job at Point Arena. It's going to be about six months. It'd be a great place to honeymoon is what he, that's how he lured me back to go to work with him. Be a great place. It's on the ocean. Be a great place for you and Kelly to have a honeymoon. So I thought, okay, dad, great. So we move. Now, what you need to know about my daddy is that we worked seven days a week, week after week after week after week. Kelly and I, we are newlyweds, and poor Kelly is staying in a a roach-infested hotel, and I'm working seven days a week, 16 to 18 hours every single day. But my daddy was so gracious. One day he said, you know, son, I'm going to give you this Sunday off. So we went to a church in Point Arena, California, and they served communion. And it was, you ripped off a piece of bread, and it was real wine. I saw people going through that line three or four times. You know, I was a brand new Christian, and Kelly's going, nope, one time through, honey, you know. But there's something sacred about that audience of one. In spite of your pain, In spite of your guilt, in spite of your past, God sets the table, and it's just you and him. And you have communion with Almighty God. Now, this new covenant that Jesus talks about in the New Testament is through his blood, the blood that was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago, we have entered into the dispensation of grace, and we come to God through the shed blood of the Son, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Help me recognize salvation costs God everything, and it is free to you and I as long as we repent of our sin and we receive Christ into our heart. Can you say amen? So Melchizedek says that that uh, again, he, he was uh, the king of Salem. It actually means a king of justice. Salem means peace. And by the way, Jesus, he's called the prince of, help me out, prince of peace. Salem, by the way, do you know, is modern-day Jerusalem. Modern-day Jerusalem. So this has prophetic standing in our midst. So Abraham makes a covenant with the Lord that day. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, to sit at the table with the Lord. Um, is there anyone else in the house kind of like me that you being in church on a Sunday morning is freaking all of your friends and family out? That was my story. I mean, I, I, and then I come on a Wednesday night, and I come every time to church, and my family's freaking out. My friends are freaking out. I was radically born again out of the drug culture, and I'm leading my buddies to Jesus, and they're putting down bongs and taking up Christ. and Just a, a powerful move of God swept Orville, California. But, but, but listen closely. You need to understand, we come to God as we are, and God loves us as we are. 
but he loves us too much to leave us how he finds us. He changes us from the inside out. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Is there anyone in the house you're grateful that God doesn't expect us to to clean our lives up and then come to Christ? No, you come to Christ and he cleans our lives up. He changes us, he delivers us, he sets us free, and he gives us right standing with Almighty God. I was thinking about this at 5 a.m. this morning, and God gave me this verse, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Anybody in the house who were far off, you've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Can we just celebrate that? Can we just lift our hands? Can we just worship? Lord, thank you. We were a people that one time we were far away from you. We were, we were full of sin and, and pride and, and, and prejudice, but God, through the, the blood of your son shed on a, a cross called, on a hill called Calvary, has brought us near. And now we are loved into the beloved. We are sons and daughters of God. And we thank you today. In Jesus' name, can you scream a great big amen? Deeply and desperately loved of the Lord. I want to talk to you about elevation, possession, and dominion. Um, that was my longest intro I've ever done in 28 years of preaching. You guys are, you suffered through the longest intro I've ever done. So now point one, you ready for point one? And we're almost done. Would you write this down? The first blessing of Abraham is elevation. And we read about that in Genesis chapter 14. So how do we get elevation out of that statement? Well, the God most high, most high El Elyon, literally translates uh, uh, most high God. We remember that he is the most high God. What you need to understand is in Bible days in the Old Testament, um, they would worship crawling things, creeping things. They worship the sun. They worship the moon, all kinds of crazy things. So God is saying, I am El Elyon. I am the most high God. Apart from me, there is no other God. There is no other way to salvation. There is no other way to healing. There is no other way to peace. You've got to come through Jesus. He is the most high God. God. And can I say, he's above your circumstance. He's over your family. He's blessing you in Jesus' name. He is the elevating God. His name literally means to elevate and the elevator. How many in the house you'd like God to elevate some areas in your life? That's me. That's his will. And that's what I want to end talking about today. Would you write this down? El Elyon means the elevated God and the Elevator. El Yon means in the Hebrew to ascend or to go up, or in other words, the God that takes you upward. Uh, and the same covenant that was extended to Abraham, we read in Galatians chapter 3, through the blood of the cross of Christ is extended to you and I. The promises of God are for you and I today in Jesus' name. I, I think of this. He, he raises us up. He lifts us up. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Psalm chapter 40, verse, verse 2, you're going to love this. And he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock, and he established 
my steps. Is there anyone else that God lifted you up out of the horrible clay, that pit that had you so bound? Can I see your hands? Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. And I want you to look around because there are people in here right now that you're in the pit, baby. Things aren't going well. And you've come to the end of yourself. When you come to the end of yourself, you will find that's where God begins. You might be in the pit today, but God wants to elevate you. He wants to pick you up and establish your feet on the rock, and the rock is Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? And and the Bible says in Psalms chapter 121, verse 1, I will lift up my eyes to the hill from where my help comes from. You need to understand, you can be lost, you can be broken. You just need to look up and get right in the presence of God, and the power of God will fill you, will save you, will deliver you, and give you a new life. Listen, you can't stay where you are. Why would anyone want to stay where they are when there's more in God? I know my story is such a miraculous story. 21 years of age, I was messed up, really messed up. On the outside, looked like I had everything going on, everything going on. But on the inside, I was so confused, so lost, messed up in a drug culture. And I had people try to mark my life and tell me, I heard this from an authority figure, Monty, you're stupid, you're never going to amount to anything, you're going to end up in prison is what I was told. But how many recognize that that might have been what someone spoke over me? But Jesus, he, that, that El, El Yon, that elevating God, he, he reached down in the pit and he pulled me out and he washed me in his blood. He cleansed me. He placed my feet on the rock Christ Jesus and God gave my life meaning. If that's your story, can we put our hands together and can we just say thank you, Lord? He's the elevating God. He's elevated us out of, out of hell and darkness and into his marvelous light, out of spiritual death and into spiritual life. God and God alone. God and God alone can take you from nowhere to somewhere, from nothing to something. I, I look around, I see people that I prayed for for many, many, many years. People messed up, San Francisco 49er fans just on the wrong side of the bay. Any Oakland Raiders fans in the house? Probably not. I'm, yeah, okay, two of us. I watched my brother, and I, well, you know, stand, Jenny, stand up right there. Stand up. Brand new uh, electrical contractor. Stand up. Because there are people in here who need to find an electrician. I have watched God change this man and his family in such a way God has lifted him up. God has elevated his life. And now he has a heart for God and wants to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Oh, we're not done. Don't you sit down. He said, Pastor, I have such a passion for the word of God. Have you ever heard of a ministry called the Gideons? Have you ever stayed in a hotel and opened the drawer and there's the the Bible? I told him, I've heard of the Gideons, and I'm just reinforcing God's will. That is God's will. Pursue it. He just got credentialed, and he is now a Gideon. Can you put your hands together? That's someone that El Elyon has lifted up in Jesus' name. Goodness gracious, God is so good. God is so good. Can I say that people may have a, a little say in your life. Um, Kelly and I, we, we have been by the bedside of some of our precious brothers and sisters in the faith, and the doctor has said, I'm sorry, you have, and it's terminal. Maybe a 
A boss on a job might have a say. But we serve a God who has the final say. He has the final say. Doctors might say it's terminal. Oh, you have no right. You can tell me I've got this, this sickness, this illness, this disease. But I serve a God that's bigger than that. He's higher than that. You see, he's God most high. And I put him above this sickness, this infirmity, this, this whatever the case might be. The, 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 the boss who said, I'm sorry, I got a job today, but you're fired tomorrow. You see, that's not your source. God is your source. And he is El Elyon, God most high. He has the rights of our lives, our families, our resources, but only if we surrender them to him. Don't you dare tell me I got 10 days to live because God has a final say in my life. Don't you dare tell me the best days of life and ministry are not in my future because God is the elevating God and I'm in the palm of his hand. Don't you dare tell me, I understand 12 years, Kelly and I have been here, crazy growth, I get all that. But don't you dare think for a moment that we've arrived. In Jesus' name, we're just getting started. We are just getting started. We've never been stronger. We've never been healthier. We've never been more full of vision to reach people locally and globally to go after the people that other churches aren't going after. Oh, I don't care if you're not wearing a suit. You might be tatted up. Just come. Just come. Just come. And God will love you to life. He'll change you. You don't have to stay bound because our God is an elevating God. You don't have to live in chains because our God is an elevating God. The blessings of Abraham because of the cross, the blood of the new covenant are for his people. The blessings of Abraham. I, I uh, got up real early this morning, and I, I really felt this message, it, it has a, a prophetic spirit with it, because there are some of you that you're bound, man. You've just been in the gutter. You've been in the rut. You've been in the, you're coming out. So I prophesy over you. You're, you're coming out in Jesus' name. You're coming out. The God that loves you is the most high God. He's bigger than your problem. He's bigger than your mountain. Stop telling God about your mountain and start telling your mountain about your God. He is almighty God. 